0: the National Institutes of Health in Bethesda, Maryland, this is All About Grants. Hello, and welcome to another virtual edition of NIH's All About Grants podcast. I'm your host, David Kossip, with the NIH's Office of Extramural Research. And today, we're going to be talking all about early-stage investigators, or ESIs, as we'll throw out that acronym throughout the conversation, all about the policy, what you need to know, all that good stuff. And we have with us Dr. Erica Boone. She directs the Division of Loan Repayment and also serves as the Acting Director of the Division of the Biomedical Research Workforce within the Office of Extramural Research. And we also have Dr. Shoshana Kahana. She is a Senior Advisor and also the NIH Training Policy Officer within the Division of Biomedical Research Workforce. And I welcome you both to the show today.
1: Thank you for having Good us. to be here.
0: Great. So maybe Eric, I'll start with you. Why do we have an ESI policy?
1: It's important that we have one because we know that early stage investigators or ESIs experience intense competitions for funding. And this poses a challenge when they're embarking upon and sustaining their independent research careers. So this is one of the reasons that we at NIH have launched an initiative called the Next Generation Research Initiative, which, amongst other features, prioritizes funding for ESIs across NIH.
0: All right, thanks for that, Erica. And, and I guess sticking with you, like, oh, who does NIH actually consider to be an ESI?
1: An ESI is considered to be a person who's a program director or principal investigator who has completed their terminal research degree or end of their postgraduate clinical training, whichever date is later, within the past 10 years, and who has not previously competed successfully as a program director or principal investigator for a substantial NIH independent research award.
0: Great. And actually, I'll bring Shoshana into this now. Um, How do we actually know someone's an ESI or how can someone prove it?
2: So actually, someone's application will be automatically flagged based on their degree or uh, training information that's in their Commons Profile account.
0: I guess that underscores the importance of as to why uh, you keep that Commons Profile up to date. Uh, So Shoshana, I guess, are there any specific grants that any SA policy relates to or specific for?
2: Yeah, so good question. Mostly it focuses on the R one equivalent awards. I'm sure most of the listeners know about the R one, but for some of the other um, activity codes that qualify for that, we list them on a web page that OER maintains.
0: Great. Do they get any advantages or consider special considerations during like peer review of an application?
2: So in terms of peer review, they're actually clustered together typically, so that gives one advantage. In terms of funding, R1-equivalent ESI applications with meritorious scores are prioritized for funding across NIH ICs.
0: Cool. One question I actually would love to know is about preliminary data. I guess uh, as an ESI, you, you know, folks may still be trying to get all the right information to build up their application, but is preliminary data necessary for any, or does can you... Do ESIs need preliminary data, I guess is what I'm trying to get at?
2: So it's a good question. I think it depends more on the funding opportunity announcement and sort of less so on um, ESI status per se. So some funding opportunity announcements, like the CATS FOA, specifically prohibit preliminary data, while other announcements simply don't require preliminary data. Many times really the the core issue is really demonstrating feasibility um, in terms of what's being proposed. So I would just um, suggest that if an applicant is not certain about what the requirements are, would fully support them reaching out to their program officer just to sort of clarify what the requirements are for any given FOA.
0: Well, actually I'll bring Erica back into this. I guess uh, when might someone not be considered an ESI?
1: Thanks for that question, David, but before we move on I think I want to point out something or agree really wholeheartedly with one of Shoshana's last points, and that is practicing the reach out amongst early stage investigators because it is so very important that they initiate contact with the program officer prior to submitting an application. So it's really important that they get used to, over time, sending an email, introducing themselves, talking about their research with their program officers, because it will allow for them to not only get used to that, but to also get really good information from these individuals so that they can prepare the best application that they possibly can. But getting back to your question about Mm -hmm. when is someone no longer considered an ESI? So in general, it's individuals that are past their 10 year window and those individuals that have been awarded an R01 or an R01 equivalent grant.
0: Cool. And those are some good uh, advice that you just provided as well. Before we close out, any other final thoughts y'all might want to leave with the audience about the importance of an early stage investigator policy?
1: Well, one thing that I'd like to add, David, is that early stage investigators are really key to sustaining the viability of the biomedical research workforce and scientific discovery in general. That is really important for us here at NIH to wholeheartedly support the continuation of their research career. And developing and implementing key policies such as our ESI policies are really important to that endeavor.
2: So thanks so much. Just wanted to echo what Erica said. This is a popular program that is really meant to help junior scientists. So please do look at this information and do get in touch with us.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you very much, Eric and Shoshana, for this opportunity to talk about the ESI policy. And um, for those who have questions, please check out our website. We have a wealth of information on the ESI website on our grants page. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to our inbox, email address, ESI underscore extensions at od.nih.gov. This has been David Kosick with another virtual edition of All About Grants. Thank you.